Welcome to episode three of the Inner Athlete Podcast. And I promise over the next couple of weeks, I am going to be developing my own intro. (laughs) But right now I'm keeping it super simple because I like simple. And at the end of the day, I'm just here to spread some words. Um, So I don't need anything fancy. So episode three, let's dive right into it. Um, Let's talk about CrossFit. I mean, I've been doing CrossFit now for almost 11 years. I started in 2010. And I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about maybe giving you a little bit more of an understanding as to what CrossFit actually is um, and how you might actually already be doing CrossFit and not even realize it. And, um, you know, it's something that I'm super passionate about. Um, And I also want to talk to you guys a little bit about how how I actually apply it uh, with my training programs with my clients. But before I even kind of go into CrossFit per se, I guess I should probably start by giving you guys an understanding of how I got into CrossFit. And I'm going to save my CrossFit story for another episode, but I will give you a sneak peek into how I actually started it. So basically, and I guess about what is that now? I was 24, 25 years old at the time. Um, I had just come out of a treatment center for anorexia. I had been told by all of the staff there that I should walk away from my job and my training in a Globo gym and try and find a better outlet for moving my body. They recommended yoga. They recommended walking. They recommended gentle stuff. And, and at that time in my life, like they did not understand my personality. I've been an athlete my whole life. And when I was in the gym, I was doing CrossFit-ish workouts without even knowing what CrossFit was. That's who I was. I am a high intensity person. I work better under pressure. And they basically wanted me to take that identity and shift it into, oh, I'm going to move slow. I'm going to start to just go for hikes and walks. And so long story short, when I got out of treatment, I'm like, well, I guess I can't do that. So I'm just going to start doing some gentle running and gentle running turned into, ooh, how far can I run in 30 minutes? And then can I run for 40 minutes? And then before I knew it, I was running for 60 minutes a day. And then that became more obsessive. So what I ended up doing was recognizing that and actually um, deciding that I needed to try and find something else, that it was just not what I needed. And I wanted to be back in the gym, but was told not to. So my brother at the time was actually just getting into mixed martial arts, um, jujitsu, kickboxing, stand-up boxing, all of that stuff. And I kind of decided, okay, let me try this out. So I decided to go with him to his studio. And I started doing that for maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks. And I had noticed that there was a gym right next door. And that was the CrossFit gym. I didn't know what it was at the time. And I kind of was looking at what they were doing. It was a little bit interested. And back then it was hilarious because we didn't have CrossFit shoes. So there was people out there barefoot because they knew that wearing Asics and New Balance was not going to cut it when you're trying to be flat footed. Um, so I was always kind of curious what was going on over there. And then my dad actually encouraged me to go over there and, and talk to the owner. So I did. And, um, you know, I decided finally to go ahead and try the class. And I was hooked. I took my first class and was like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. And I felt a little bit safer there because the programming was set up for me. So I didn't have that fear of like, am I going to get obsessed and start adding and adding and adding? Um, So when I started doing CrossFit, I was already pretty aerobic. I I had a really strong aerobic base. Um, 
And I caught him to things really quickly. So the owners were like, oh, you definitely are going to go to the CrossFit Games. And back then, the CrossFit Games was so different than it is now. Um, so I got really excited. I had a purpose for training, and I loved it. And later on that year, I decided that I wanted to become a CrossFit coach. You know, I had been coaching people prior to my um, treatment. And so I was like, I want to get back into helping people. And and that's what I did. Fast forward to 10 years later, here I am still hopefully helping to better people's lives and still training CrossFit. So what the heck is CrossFit? Well, here's the simple terminology that most people probably don't even know um, is it's, it's, it's three quick little statements, constantly varied functional movements performed at high intensity. Okay. So constantly varied, they're always changing things up, different movement patterns, um, functional movements, so they're movements that are organic and we can recreate them in life. So a deadlift is very similar to lifting your couch up off the floor. So they're functional um, and they're usually compound movements. So they're using the entire body. And then high intensity. And I'm going to add the word relative high intensity because this should be um, relative to where you're at in your fitness. So intensity to you is going to feel different than intensity to me. And I think we get so hung up in what we see in the competition side of CrossFit and myself included. When we first start, we get so hung up in the competition side of it that we forget that CrossFit in the beginning and what it is meant to do is create a level of fitness that is unmatchable because it doesn't specialize. So a runner a long distance runner, marathon runner is going to be really good at going for long distances. But if you ask them for max power output in 10 seconds, they're probably not going to be very good at it. And vice versa, if you have a strong man who can, you know, shoulder 500 pounds or whatever it might be, he probably is not going to be as aerobically fit to run that marathon. And it's about finding that level of fitness that allows you to not be too far up or too far down in one domain. So CrossFit starts off by looking at 10 different general physical skills. And I do have them up on my computer screen. I honestly used to remember them offhand, but they're still, it's been so long since I took my, my level one and, and studied this stuff. So I'm kind of getting back into my roots here. So you've got your cardiovascular training, your stamina, your strength, your flexibility. You've got power, you've got speed, you've got coordination, you've got agility, you've got balance, you've got accuracy. So those are the physical skills that CrossFit is looking to encompass in its training. If we have an athlete that comes in that's like a high power output athlete, like a, a strong man or a power lifter or an Olympic lifter, they're probably really good at things like, well, let's just call it an Olympic lifter. They're probably really good at like flexibility, power, speed, coordination, agility, balance. If they don't train cardiovascular, respiratory endurance, and stamina, they might not be as healthy as they could be. And I say that because at the end of the day, Greg Glassman was looking to keep people healthy. So, and he knew that if people were developing across all domains, they probably weren't overtraining specific mo movement patterns or probably weren't, weren't pushing through things that weren't comfortable. And they were probably developing a pretty balanced life. And then that's where like the hopper model came in. So basically it's like, if he was to put something in front of you, no matter what it was, you'd be able to kind of do that task. So if he told you to go run 20 minutes for max distance, or he told you to go do 30 pulps for time, that you're finding your weaknesses 
and you're working on them to bring up all levels of those general physical skills. And then the next piece of that was adding on the energy systems. So not just training always in one domain. Talking about that marathon runner, you know, who only runs long distance, how's their 100 meter sprint or their 400 meter sprint? Vice versa, that power athlete who can probably sprint, you know, 30 seconds super fast, how's their long game? So it's finding that balance of all of those things. Now, what has happened with the evolution of CrossFit as a training program is that competition has sunk in and that people get so hung up in the competition side of things that they forget these pieces. At the very basics, the fittest girls in the world, the fittest boys in the world, I guess you say fittest athletes, I'm sorry, I'm trying not to be sexist here, um, are ones that are pretty balanced across all of those things. So just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a background as to what CrossFit really is, because I don't think a lot of people understand that it's not just snatches and high intensity and this and that, like it's all types of intensity. It's intensity relative to what your time domain is. It's not pushing through pain. It's understanding that if you're painful in your shoulder and a snatch hurts, you're probably lacking some mobility. That's where flexibility should be worked on. So that's kind of this part of CrossFit people don't understand. I, I want to call it the unsexy part of CrossFit. Now, here's what I like about CrossFit. And this is not just from a competitive aspect of things. It's something that you can use across the board, okay? Trackable, measurable data, hands down. All right, so CrossFit is a little bit varied. So I will say that for people that are progressive training, um, and I'll talk more about that in a second, but CrossFit does require, not require, but suggest that you track your results. That's what, you know, knowing your Fran time is, you know, that's what knowing your one at max back squat is. And what I've found with working with a lot of clientele who do things like Orange Theory, F45, um, random boot camp stuff, any of those types of training programs that's so different is they don't track. They don't know. And I know the benefits of progressive overload. I also know the benefits of making sure that I am seeing progress on a fitness level for my progress and my results. So I do love that CrossFit does put an emphasis on the tracking. What I don't love about CrossFit as a training methodology is the competition in the class setting. So if somebody has a shoulder injury and um, a workout comes up, with thrusters and pull-ups and they know they probably shouldn't be going overhead. But if the other five people in the class are doing shoulder to overhead and pull-ups, they're going to want to do those movements. So I do think that in a class setting, it's important to understand the difference between being an immature athlete and a mature athlete. And I'm actually going to write that down because I'm going to also do a podcast on that as well. So give me one second to write that down. Um, yeah, sorry guys, you guys get me raw. So that's really important. You know, if you, if you can go into a workout and say, you know what, like my shoulder's bothering me, I'm going to do ring rows today. Instead, I'm actually going to do the bike and thrusters instead, or the bike and front squats. You're still doing CrossFit. You are still getting the benefits of it. You just might have to limit that movement. And if your shoulder's bothering you, identifying why your shoulder's bothering you is also a benefit of CrossFit. 
if you go into CrossFit and you going overhead really hurts, CrossFit can also be a diagnostic tool for you to now figure out what might be going on with your body. It'll encourage you to go get treatment or to figure out what limitations you might have in that shoulder. But if we ignore those warning signs, that's when CrossFit goes wrong. Uh, the other thing I do like and also dislike is the community aspect of CrossFit. I love CrossFit community. I think the people are amazing. Um, hands down, it's why, why I love to compete. Um, but like I said, if you're not the person that can be the mature athlete, sometimes that community setting can actually drive you further from your goals. And so I think it's important to accept the community as a support system and and creating friendships and relationships, but not to feel like you are, and what's the word I'm looking for? That you have to do what everybody else is doing just because they're doing it. So maybe it's like limiting that peer pressure aspect of the community. Um, and I, I honestly, for myself, a lot of times I find that I train better CrossFit on my own when I do feel that pressure. You know, if I start to feel that competition setting in, I, I honestly, you know, I think that that's why I probably don't have that problem with CrossFit because I train on my own so often um, that it makes it easier for me to not get hung up in what everybody else is doing when a workout starts. The other thing I love about CrossFit is um, the compound movements, the big move, the big lifts, squat, press, deadlift. Like I absolutely know the benefits of doing compound movements. I can work my biceps all day, but doing a pull-up is going to work a lot more than my biceps. So for those of you guys that are on time restraints and you're wanting to get the most bang for your buck, working a bicep curl versus working a pull-up, the pull-up is going to work a lot more of your musculature. So I do love that. Now, what CrossFit does lack on the flip side is a lot of that isolation stuff. And I will go more into that when I talk about how I blend CrossFit into my training programs. So. Um, you know, kind of going into some other things is that I think some of the misapplications of CrossFit are where people get really hung up. So some of the things I see wrong uh, when people are starting CrossFit is one, they don't get good coaching. So for whatever reason, reason they're, they're coaching. I don't, you know, I don't want to call their, I don't want to say there's bad coaches out there, but there's bad coaches out there. So if your coach isn't correcting you, if your coach is staring at his phone, not looking at what you're doing and you're paying them money for a membership in a class. If, if you're not being taken care of, you're probably not getting the coaching that you need to be as successful as you should be. So you should be having people correct your form. Everybody can be a better mover. I've been doing for CrossFit 10 years and I am constantly trying to move better. Um, I think that some of the other things that can go wrong is that there is so much variance. So if you are, training only class setting, or you're only doing CrossFit, like one Metcon a day, Metcon being metabolic conditioning for those of you guys that don't understand that, um, you might be missing some progressive overload, which I will talk about later, um, on specific movement patterns or even strength movements. So you might not be getting that same benefit from that. So I do think that sometimes it can be a little too varied. And I know for myself, that's why I make sure that every week I hit specific movements, even though they might be varied in the way I hit them. You know, I might be doing a back squat or a front squat. I might be doing a handstand push up or a push press, or I might be doing a deficit handstand push up. 
or a strict handstand push-up. I might be doing strict muscle-ups or muscle-ups or kipping muscle-ups or kipping muscle-ups or kipping muscle movements though on a pretty consistent, consistent basis. Even though they're varied, they're still consistent, if that makes sense. Um, I also think that people get hung up in some of the more technical movements of CrossFit, the higher level movements of CrossFit, like handstand walking, like butterfly pull-ups, like snatch and clean and jerk. And a lot of times that's just not necessary for you to be fit. I don't think that you necessarily need those things to be fit. And so I think sometimes making your CrossFit training a little bit more basic can be a better benefit to you. So just a little bit of that. Um, I think some of the other things, and this kind of already segues into what I've been already kind of talking about is injuries. You know, I think that injuries are common in CrossFit, but it usually comes down to an immature athlete, poor coaching, or just not understanding that you might not be capable mobility or flexibility wise of completing that movement. If you've got really poor overhead stability, doing shoulder to overhead for time is probably not great or really poor thoracic mobility. Um, that might not be great for you. That's probably what it should have said. Not, not shoulder mobility it should have been shoulder stability and thoracic mobility. So if you're, if you're lacking those things, you're going to start to get injuries. If you're not working on those things, you're going to start to get injuries. It doesn't mean you can't do a strict press. It doesn't mean you can't change from a barbell to dumbbells. There are ways to make it work for you the right way to get the right stimulus. But you have to be mature enough to tell yourself, I should not be doing that because I want to be able to do CrossFit long-term. And so that's super important. Um, I think that stress is another one that people talk about. So things like, I get this a lot, is like, it was just too much intensity for me. And that's a personality trait. Intense people have a really hard time slowing down their intensity, hands down. And so I honestly think I'm going to be the person that's going to say those people should be doing more CrossFit, but not the CrossFit that they think should, they should be doing. They should not be doing as much. This goes back to the general physical skills. They should not be doing as much of the short power output workouts. They should be grinding more, learning how to slow themselves down and pace themselves. But because of their personality, they probably gravitate towards those short, fast, intense workouts. So knowing that the reason why you were not as successful with CrossFit might be because of your personality is huge for you. Um, kind of going on. Oh, I used the word. Um, I've been trying not to do that. Uh, volume adjustments is something else that I think um, can sometimes be not understood with CrossFit. So I've been doing CrossFit for a long time. I can handle a ton of volume. My body is super fit. I'm very proud to say that. Um, so I know that I can handle a lot of volume. Beginners, they get so hung up and so sucked into it that they want to like keep doing more and more and more and more and more. And more isn't always better. You have to develop a base. And those of you guys that are good at pacing yourself, maybe you are a runner, you understand that progressing over time, or if you're coming from a strength background, you understand that progressing over time is better than doing everything on day one. So everybody can do CrossFit. I'm going to, I'm going to do what everybody else doesn't want me to do in the world and tell you that everybody can do it. Every single person can do it. It's understanding how to apply it. That matters more. 
you know, and if I talked about nutrition, everybody can diet, but it's understanding how to diet appropriately for you. And this is where I may take a different approach than some coaches and to understand that CrossFit should be, is best utilized, I should say, as an individual program. I love group community. I don't love group programming. And that might be very different than you might hear from a lot of CrossFit coaches and a lot of CrossFit athletes. And the reason is because it's too broad. And unless you are individualizing the workout prescriptions for each person, not every person is going to get the same stimulus. Now, I will say that as a mature athlete, I am pretty good at understanding what stimulus and how to tweak a workout for myself. But in the beginning, a lot of people don't have that. So to get the best benefit from CrossFit training, you should be making sure that your coach is individualizing your workout for you specific. It doesn't mean you can't do it in a group setting. It just means that you need a little bit more tailoring to you. And some people are fitter. Those are the ones that have probably been doing CrossFit a little bit longer and can probably modify things pretty well on their own. The other thing is, is that understanding the difference between training and competing. If you're going to the gym to compete every day, you're going to be missing fitness. You're skipping out on fitness. I cannot compete every single day that I go to the gym. I would burn out way quickly. And I know that. I'm going to be honest. I did a workout four weeks ago on a Friday, and it was a tough workout, but I pushed really hard. And for the next three weeks, there was a progression of that workout where it was like, let's try it with wall balls. See how you do this time. Let's try it with overhead squats. See how you do this time. I could not match my intensity from that first time. Mentally, I didn't want to go there because I was, I knew that first time was really hard. Physically, my body just wasn't getting this. It wasn't feeling the same. I just wasn't in a good place. So you have to understand that sometimes it's just training. And I think that there's a lot more you can learn about yourself and your fitness from training than just competing. Um, That also goes into like learning your relative intensity. Your time does not dictate your intensity. The amount of effort is what dictates your intensity. The weight on the bar compared to somebody else does not dictate your intensity. How hard you're working in that lift dictates your intensity. So if you're so hung up on the results of your training and where you fall in the class, you're missing out on your relative intensity. And that's where burnout comes in. Um, I think the other thing that usually gets kind of overlooked with CrossFit is sacrificing mechanics. So this is where I kind of go back to limitations in mobility um, or even pushing the intensity too much with the failure to keep good quality movement. If you move like shit, that's the kind of results you're going to get hands down. So like if you want to feel good, you should be looking to move better. I record myself sometimes just to watch what I'm doing. So it's really important to make sure that you're looking at those things. Now, how does CrossFit, I shouldn't say how does CrossFit, CrossFit isn't the only methodology for obviously achieving the best body composition results. But by doing CrossFit, you can achieve pretty freaking amazing body composition results without the focus being on your body composition. And that's honestly what really made me gravitate towards CrossFit. 
because in a time in my life when I was so focused on like other areas, like other things like burning calories and, and all of that stuff. And like working muscle groups for aesthetics, like CrossFit took me into a, I want to be able to perform better. I want to be able to move more. I want to be able to lift more weight. So I do think that CrossFit is a great way to get better body composition. And I want to kind of finish up this podcast because I'm trying to keep my podcast somewhat short um, by talking a little bit about how I actually utilize CrossFit training with all of my clients in, in my programming designs, but it might not be the way you think it is. So here's my methodology with applying CrossFit to Gen Pop that one, most of them are working out in a garage on their own. They're not in a community. Um, well, they're a part of my community. Um, and two, to make sure they're getting the best results and staying safe. So all of my CrossFit clients, um, CrossFit clients, all of my training clients um, start off, my priority is progressive strength. Okay, so they all hit lifting four times a week. And one of those days is going to be a, a squat focus. One of them is going to be a press focus. One of them is going to be a pull focus from the ground. One of them is going to be a pull focus probably from upper body. So they'll have two lower body days, two upper body days. And that is probably very traditional in what you're going to find in like a bodybuilding world, functional fitness world, or a functional bodybuilding world, whatever it is. That's a general or even any regular strength program. Maybe a little bit more pulling, upper body pulling, because I find that's very weak in a lot of people. And I think that that's something that is underdeveloped and upper body pressing is overdeveloped. So I definitely have taken that from CrossFit. So I definitely add that in. So they always start with that and they're progressing week to week on either weights, on reps, on sets. They're always progressing there. And then they're going to take a deload where they take a week where they just kind of don't push the weight so much. So that's something that I've taken from the strength world and blending it into my CrossFit style programming. That's the, that's the first part. So they'll always have a general warm up. They'll have that as their main lift. That's the most important piece of their day. Their next piece is going to be some type of CrossFit style training. Some days it might be also incorporating their accessory movements that you would typically find in a strength program into their conditioning so that they're actually also optimizing the amount of time they're spending training, making sure they're prioritizing what they need. So an example might be if their strength program calls for back squats as their main lift, their conditioning that day might be doing something like 10 sets of a 15 calorie bike and 10 thrusters. And they might be doing that every three minutes for 10 sets, something like that. So now I'm working CrossFit training with some lower body accessory work. They're getting some squatting in and I'm getting a blend of that and building up their aerobic base. So I will also look at that CrossFit piece with their, what's the word I'm looking for? Their energy systems in mind. So if I know that they did something like that, where it was like sets, where it was like one and a half to two minute intervals, the next day might be shorter, um, but maybe a longer, like, I'm sorry, a longer interval, but maybe less intervals. So they might be doing a four to five minute interval, but maybe only three of them. So that would be how I kind of segue my cross it into it. Now, I also don't have them do barbell snatches. I don't have them do shoulder, or I'm sorry, split jerks. Too technical. They'll do a push press. 
They'll do a bench press. They'll do a strict press. They may do a hang power clean. They may, they definitely do front squats if mobility allows. They will definitely do dumbbell snatches, dumbbell cleans. But my focus is getting them the same benefit of the training style of CrossFit without risking mobility limitations being a factor into them causing injuries and poor movement patterns. A lot of the things I prescribe are done at tempo in their compound lifts because I want them to stay healthy. And then every day ends with some type of an accessory piece, midline finisher, or joint health. So like it, it, it might be single leg movements on a heavy squat day, um, probably opposing muscle groups. So if they did a heavy squat day with like, let's just call that back squat day where they did squatting and then they did the thrusters and, and thrusters and the bike, they might be doing some single leg deadlifts and like, you know, barbell hip thrusts. So making sure that they're not being too quad dominant, getting some more posterior chain work in um, a day with an upper body where they might've done bench press their, their CrossFit style training might've been pull-ups and push-ups. And then their accessory work might be that day, more joint health focused stuff. Maybe it's some band pull-aparts and stuff like that. So when I'm doing my programming, I'm looking at movement patterns. I'm looking at time domains and I'm making sure they're getting a blend of those things. The other thing that I really emphasize with all of my programming clients is I don't want them ever going to failure. I don't have them ever push max power output unless maybe once or twice I'm like hit a bike interval super hard. But for the most part, I don't need them to redline to be fit. They are probably going to redline at times from just lack of being mature about you know what they're doing, maybe never doing it before. But my sole purpose is to get them fit and keep them healthy. So I don't look for them to necessarily PR on Fran. Do I look for improvements in their aerobic training? Will they look back at their results and be like, let's see if we can push the weight a little bit more in this workout. Let's see if we can push the bike a little bit. Let's see if we are getting fitter. Yes. But I don't look for them to put so much stress on the score. I look for them to put more stress and emphasis on how they're moving and the consistency of those movements. Because I know with those two things, intensity will come. The last thing that I really look at a little bit differently than CrossFit um, training per se is volume. One of the, I think the biggest factors I find that is limiting in CrossFit is Sometimes the workouts are super short. So for instance, let's call, I'm going to use Fran as an example. Again, 21, 15, nine of thrusters and pull-ups for elite athletes. That's two minutes. Um, for our general fitness people, our general pop, we're looking for somewhere in that like five to six minute range, definitely under 10 minutes. So if that person's going to hit a workout for 10 minutes, but then they're going to go sit behind the desk from eight to five and then sit in their car from five to six and then go home and sit on their couch they're not getting enough fitness in. And if I look at volume, that's 45 reps of thrusters and 45 reps of pull-ups. At some point in the beginning, that might be enough. At some point, adaptation is going to happen and their muscles are going to need more stimulus for that. 
So I look at overall volume as well when I'm programming for my clients to make sure they're getting in enough volume. And that's also where individualized comes in because I know a beginner is going to handle less volume than someone that's been doing my programming for six months. So that was just the last thing that I kind of talk about. So, yeah, I mean, I know CrossFit looks super intense and honestly, for a lot of people going into the class setting, it can be super intense. But it doesn't mean that if that intensity scares you a little bit, that you can't utilize CrossFit for your own fitness, for your own benefit, by applying it appropriately for you. And so I wanted to make this third podcast, I was going to say second, but it's already my third, um, a little bit specific to CrossFit, because I know that it is something that I think um, a lot of people have some misunderstandings of it and the application of it. And I do 100% believe in the methodology behind it. I am very passionate about it. Um, It's why after 10 years, I still look forward to my workouts every single day. Um, But I've also learned that sometimes it might mean that I have to change a movement because the movement that is prescribed is not the right movement for me that day. Doesn't mean I don't look forward to working out CrossFit every day. It just might mean that I have to change what I'm doing because what I'm doing, supposed to be doing, is not good for me that day. That makes sense. I'm not sure if that confused you or not. Um, but that's it, guys. So hopefully you guys um, got some value out of this. Um, if you guys want more information on training, if you guys have some questions about your own specific training, shoot me a message, shoot me a DM. I would love to hear from you. And that's all I got. Uh, once again, I will be recording some type of fancy intro and close out for you guys. But for now, You're just going to get that three, two, one, go and that peace out. See y'all next time.